0: Welcome into the most accurate podcast. My name is Anthony Salter, joined as always by John Paulson. I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, John, did you, uh, you enjoy time with the family?
1: It was excellent. We actually uh, ordered out for a lot of the meal from a really good restaurant nearby, and went and picked it up. And just a lot of interesting new dishes that I hadn't had before. Uh, but my wife also made her uh, turkey and stuffing, and so we had a couple families over in the neighborhood. It was great. It was a very nice time. Very good, excellent. Well, now it's time to get down to business
0: as fantasy playoffs are approaching very quickly, and uh, we'll we'll start off with the Thursday night takeaways from John. Get into this week, this this week's biggest fantasy storylines, the sleeper sneaky start of the week, sneaky starts, and then we'll we'll uh, round out the podcast with our breakout receiver model. Uh, but John, last night, not a lot of takeaways from a fantasy perspective as the Patriots. Uh, lost to the Bills, twenty-four to ten. Not much cooking again for the Patriots offense. But sorry for the pun. How about how about Cook for the the Bills? Has James Cook has he emerged as the RB one now in
1: Buffalo? I think the accidental puns are the are the best, where you don't even, not even expect you to think a pun. Uh, yeah, I was uh, at my son's basketball game last night, keeping an eye on the box score. And was really interested to see Cook leading this backfield. And, you know, sometimes you see this stuff, you know, you might, the box score might just be misleading at the end of the game because the player might've gotten uh, a bunch of touches in the fourth quarter when the game was wrapped up, but that wasn't the case with James Cook. He was uh, out, uh, out touching Devin Singletary 19 to eight in the first three quarters. And then Singletary came in the fourth quarter uh, I think that's when he got his touchdown and got a few uh, extra touches there. And they ended up uh, 20 to 13 was the margin, but it was, you know, it was a pretty significant margin for the first three quarters. Uh, and then the snaps were really close. Uh, Devin, Devin Singletary had 43%. Uh, Cook had 42%. I think in the first half it was pretty, I think it was dead even. Uh, Naheem Hines was playing as well. Uh, but it does seem like there may be a little shift happening here uh, in this backfield. And uh, those managers that held on to James Cook through the uh, Naheem Hines uh, panic uh, will be rewarded here potentially uh, with a lead back uh, for the rest of the season. We'll see. I mean, he ended up with uh, with 20 touches for 105 yards, uh, but Singletary got the touchdown. So just that was a very interesting shift in in that backfield. That's my primary takeaway from last night. He's
0: he, James Cook is more explosive back. I think the, pro- the problem is what you alluded to is Devin Singletary getting the goal line touches and Devin Singletary has a touchdown now. And I don't know how many games uh, maybe you've mentioned that I miss it. But um, the, the, that's kind of the issue. But James Cook clearly is is uh, as soon as he gets a little open space, he's he's explosive. And I think that's one element that Buffalo's offense has been lacking. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, as uh, as you noted, John, it's going to be interesting to kind of watch play out over the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, and I could add they they've been looking for a uh, a passing down back, a pass catching back for all I mean, all year. I mean, they tried to sign J D. McKissick. Uh, they ended up drafting Cook. Uh, he was doing okay, but then they went and traded for Hines. So clearly, they they are prioritizing this pass catching role. Uh, and they want to throw the ball at the backs a little bit more, so that bodes well for Cook. He caught six of six targets for 41 yards. All right, moving forward here, let's talk about
0: the biggest storylines impacting fantasy managers this week, and we'll start off in Pittsburgh, John, where the Steelers will take on the Falcons uh, in Atlanta on Sunday. Najee Harris suffered the oblique injury last week, did not practice on Thursday, uh, did not practice on Wednesday. I'm sorry, he was – yeah, he did not practice on Thursday, did not practice on Wednesday – Jalen Warren uh, apparently doctors have cleared him to return. He had a hamstring injury, and he does expect to play against Atlanta. Um, as we've noted, Atlanta's defense not great, John. But you know, when when you're looking at kind of bigger games, it's it's actually against the Falcons' secondary, not necessarily the against you know the the run defense. Nonetheless, uh, what do you think about Warren' his matchup in Atlanta this week? Yeah, I'm sorry, we always
1: have to pick on your Falcons. It's not. Well, get better on defense, right? One of these years, get better on defense. (laughs) It's not fair. Uh, Yeah, this was, I was doing my AMA yesterday with the subscriber Discord folks and uh, a lot of questions about, should I pick up Jalen Warren? Yeah, you should pick up Jalen Warren. We don't know what's going on with Najee Harris, uh, for sure. Uh, This kind of smells funny. Uh, He's got a little bit of stink around the injury to me uh looks like he's going to miss this week uh Warren had the hamstring injury i think he ended up on some waiver wires because of the hamstring injury um but he uh back to back full practices so that does indicate better health and you know perhaps that hamstring strain wasn't too severe um and then you look at this you know the matchup's not i mean it's good uh the falcons defense isn't great but uh, you know they're not uh you know they're not quite like the the texans uh, or the or the Browns when it comes to giving up, or the Bears giving up rushing yards. Um, but they're, I think, 10th in uh, rushing yards allowed. Uh, looks like they're giving up, uh, yeah, around 10, uh, 10th most fantasy points to to running backs. So you know, I think the question for fantasy managers heading into this game is whether or not uh, Jalen Warren's going to be the lead back or if it's going to be a committee with Benny Snell, uh, Anthony McFarland. But I believe Benny Snell was a DNP. Maybe Sal could look that up for me. DMP yesterday, we had uh, Anthony McFarland uh, in the rotation as well. Uh, but you know, if you if you look at the, this backfield for the season, it's been Jalen Warren as the clear RB two um, behind uh, Najee Harris. And the only time that Benny Snell or McFarland got any run at all is when Her- uh, when Warren missed the game. So they clearly want to. Uh, use him as the RB2 there. So I think he'll be the lead back this week, and I think it's a good spot against the Falcons. All
0: right, let's move on to another uh, Snell Limited, by the way, Limited on Thursday. So uh, thank you. Thank you, Sal, our producer, to get a, get us that note. All right, so moving forward here with the Jets, their running back situation's a little murky as well. You've got Michael Carter, who's the starter, but he's doubtful due to an ankle injury. So now Ty Johnson and then Bam Knight, those are two. those are the two Jets running backs that – uh, could see uh, a look this weekend as the Jets take on Minnesota. Uh, given what Mike White did in the passing game last week, I don't even know if you need to run the ball if you're the Jets. You just put put the ball in Mike Mike White's hands for 50, 50 or so pass attempts, uh, John, and, and you get the, the job done. But what's your advice to any fantasy manager that wants to look
1: at this Jets backfield? Yeah, I mean, Mike White making a late push for the MVP. Uh, the... <laughs> So Zonovan Knight's nickname is Bam Knight. Is that correct? Yeah, Bam. Knight. I remember. I don't know if you remember Anthony Bam Morris, the uh, old oh, yeah. uh, running back for the uh, Steelers. Steelers I, uh, drafted him once in the at the one-two turn. I remember he was he was supposed to be better than. Him. I have an autographed uh, I think card, uh, trading card of his. Um, anyway, really uh, I digress. Yeah, I digress. Ma- Max is going to Max is going to pay for his college on that. Yeah, I should probably locate Bam and see if he wants to. Buy it back. Um, <laughs> the, uh, this was an interesting deal because uh, James Robinson was a healthy scratch. And they made that midseason trade for James Robinson. And you thought that was, you know, the the Brees Hall solution. And then, you know, they Robinson played a few games. Uh, he did okay for the Jets. And then they made him a healthy scratch. And they decided to uh, turn to uh, Zonovan Knight, uh, who had 14 carries. Uh, Three catches last week, uh, went over 100 yards total, uh, 17 touches, and played 48% of the snaps. Uh, And that was with Michael Carter playing 30% of the snaps. So if Carter's out of the picture, uh, you know, Ty Johnson actually did really well last week, too. He had uh, 5 for 62 plus the touchdown. Uh, He's a pretty good pass catching back as well. So I think we'll probably see those two uh, in a committee with Knight leading it, given the way that Knight kind of dominated touches over, Johnson uh in that game but there is a small chance that James Robinson comes off of you know the inactive list and is now a, a bigger part of this backfield we've seen him as a bell cow uh in this league and he's certainly capable but you know based on what they did last week it certainly seems like Knight is the lead back right now while Carter is out and it sounds like Carter has a high ankle sprain so he might miss a few weeks and when he does come back he may not be 100% all right, John, sticking with running backs, Christian
0: McCaffrey looks like he's going to be okay, he's going to get the full workload. So, Christian McCaffrey managers don't have much to to be concerned with at least heading into the game. But who's the RB2 now in San Francisco because if if you if you're reading the reports and Jimmy Garoppolo
1: even hinted that Jordan Mason could see an increased workload. So, what's your thoughts on on this? Yeah, this is another weird deal because you're trying to decipher whether or not Jordan Mason is was active last week ahead of Tyrion Davis-Price, uh, because he plays more on special teams and he's a good special teams player, sometimes you see that where uh, the RB2 goes down, and in this case Mitchell, and the RB3 Mason gets some touches in, in a particular game, and then the following week, uh, a player from the practice squad is promoted, and that, and that team deems that player the better rusher, um, but he wasn't active because he doesn't have his bigger role on special teams. Now, uh, Tyrion Davis Price does play some special teams, but not as much as Mason does. So, and then they, we, have the, we have the wild card of Tevin Coleman, uh, who just keeps popping his head up. Uh, I, would, I don't want to call him a bad penny. You know, he's a good penny, uh, but he, you know, he uh, he keeps popping his head up. And, you know, there's some rumblings that he might be the trusted option. As the number two back uh behind McCaffrey. So very interesting to see what I don't have a good handle on this. I think maybe you see a lot of Christian McCaffrey, but again, he's got the knee irritation. So do they really want to give him, you know, 20, 25, 30 touches uh in a, in a season where they are definitely hoping to make a Super Bowl run. Um, so I you know, I think they do want to limit his carries. Uh, he'll probably have a normal role in the passing game. They also could turn back to Debo Samuel as, you know, sort of the R B two if they wanted to give him more, you know, get him into the four to eight carry range as opposed to, you know, just a handful of carries that he's been getting. Um, but I don't have a like a strong feeling that like, oh, you got to go pick up Mason or oh, you gotta go pick up TDP or Coleman. These are guys are good ads, but I wouldn't cut like good players for him because he they are at the end of the day the RB2 behind. Uh, McCaffrey and you also have Debo Samuel they're sort of vulturing I don't think any of them are as good as Elijah Mitchell so they're not going to you know force feed them 15 carries like they would with Mitchell typically Uh, but it does sound like what Jimmy G is saying with that report this morning uh, that uh, Mason might be uh, a nose ahead of uh, of those other two guys so I guess he'd be the pickup uh, picking one of the three
0: Jamar Chase, John. It looks like he's going to play this weekend, and I think anybody—and correct me if I'm wrong—anybody that has him in a season-long league, you're going to you're going to play Jamar Chase if he's active. You're going to play him. I think the question becomes: one, what's the impact on T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd? And the other, the other question I would have is: how does how how would you view things in
1: DFS uh, with Jamar Chase? Yeah, Jamar Chase uh our number 1 pick. uh, my, my friend and I in the FFPC league uh coming back one week too late. We were eliminated from uh wow. the playoffs last week. Uh uh had a tough year in, uh, injuries like a lot of folks, but uh you know Jamar was really coming on. Week 6 uh 7 for 132, two touchdowns, 10 targets. Uh week 7 against your Falcons, 8 for one thirty-two t- touchdowns, had 11 targets. Uh mm-hmm. suffered the uh the hip injury and has missed ended up missing four games, so they could have put him on IR. Uh, remember, if you remember, they were they didn't put him on IR because I think they thought they might get him back last week or maybe after the bye, but uh, uh it does look like he's uh ready to go. He was limited Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, you know, usually when a player is limited on Wednesday, they are able to play uh, that week. And then to answer your question, wasn't really a question, it was just a statement. Yeah, if you have Jamar Chase, you start him. Also, just remember last last year week 17 against the chiefs 11 catches 266 yards and three touchdowns for jamar chase so like the only way that i would think about uh sitting him is if they're like oh he's gonna be on a major snap count they're just gonna get him out there for 10 15 snaps but i don't think that's the case this week and i think you gotta gotta start him uh against the chiefs all right Let's go. We'll go through an injury roundup now, John. Josh Jacobs limited
0: Wednesday and Thursday with a calf injury, although apparently suffered the calf injury before he had that, that breakaway run last week against Seattle. Uh, I think, I think you get kind of a a two for their one, the, Uh, The explosiveness that Josh Jacobs still had on that run, despite having a calf injury, is pretty remarkable. The toughness to go back into that game. And then how bad is Seattle's run defense if Josh Jacobs was hobbled and he was still able to do that? Uh, But interested in your thoughts on Josh Jacobs. David Njoku, the tight end for Cleveland, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday with the knee injury. Uh, He did have, a, I think it was a high ankle sprain, right, John, that that, that kept him out for a week or so. But he came back last week and scored a, a pivotal touchdown in that game against Tampa. Debo Samuel, the wide receiver for San Francisco, limited Wednesday, did not practice Thursday, dealing with a quad injury. Aaron Rodgers, limited Thursday, expected to start, though. Travis Etienne. Hurt last week, but he was limited Wednesday and Thursday with a foot injury. So at least he got a limited workload in. Mike Williams did not practice Wednesday or thir- Thursday. Excuse me, as he's dealing with that ankle injury. And then Antonio Gibson, the running back for Washington, limited Wednesday, did not practice Thursday. Uh, so you know he's dealing with the foot injury uh, mid midweek downgrade. Never never a good look. And Brian Robin- Robinson's coming off a big game uh, last week against. But who else? Atlanta. Uh, or at least a good game, I should say. He ran hard. Um, but, John, your your thoughts on the
1: injury roundup? We could really rename this podcast the Atlanta Fantasy Defense Podcast or something. Yeah, how, yeah. To, how to match yeah. up against the Falcons.
0: And they're, it's funny. They're, 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 I've seen much worse. Like it, I know it's not saying much. I've seen much worse out of Atlanta's defense. Than I, that yeah,
1: is- it's just years of this, though. I mean, yeah. they've always been a good matchup. Uh, yeah. Maybe not the best, but always a good matchup. Yeah, with this, with this group, I'll just go through them quickly. Josh Jacobs, I think, will play really impressive in performance by him. Uh, you know, the calf injury is one of the toughest ones for a running back to play through. Adam Hutchison's uh, injury article talks about that, and it's like a 20%, 30% uh, points per game decline in that first game back from the calf. So uh, he had the calf injury, I think, in practice and played through it and played. Uh, got just got a ton of touches and just destroyed uh that that cl defense in in overtime too uh so i think he ends up you know when the player finishes the game i usually uh, expect them to play the following week uh the fact that he was limited on wednesday is a good sign uh so i think he'll play um david and joku is um with the with the dnps on wednesday and thursday a little alarming uh you know he's one of those players that next year I think he's well he'll be a breakout candidate again especially with Deshaun Watson you know theoretically uh, improving the quarterback position there in uh Cleveland uh as for this week I would make another you know plan or another pivot be ready uh Harris O'Brien I think is a decent one uh to run out there if you if you're kind of desperate if, if Njoku sits uh Debo uh, limited Wednesday, uh, DNP Thursday. That downgrades a little worrisome. So keep an eye on that. But he's a veteran, and you know he. We'll see what he does today. Rodgers is uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to play against the team that he owns, the the Bears. I'm sure he's geared up for that. I was I was kind of hoping he'd sit so we could see uh, Jordan Love in a full game against a kind of a sketchy defense. Uh, just to kind of see where we're at with that. But uh, we're going to get Rogers. Uh, I do like watching him play as well, and I. Always like, you know, it's basically the Super Bowl for the Packers this year is to beat the Bears twice. So, um, he's expected oh, to start. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's expected to start, and I, you know, I think that whole offense should do well. Uh, Travis Etienne, I think he'll probably play. That, that was a weird deal because they, they, he got knocked out of that game, and they said after that he could have, he was cleared to return, but they decided to. Hold them out. So that sounds to me like oh they're just being cautious, and they finish with Hasty in that game, and then ETN will be back this week. So that's my thinking on that. If ETN sits, uh, Hasty probably is the lead back there. He does good work in the passing game. Uh, But they did just a reminder that they did sign uh, Daryl Henderson, uh, who's a good player. So I don't know how quickly they want to get him into the fold, get him started. Uh, But that's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, I don't think Mike Williams plays as he. You know, played a few snaps and then retweaked his ankle, and it just doesn't sound like uh, his end of season is going to be very strong. You know, he's still kind of a hold because he's basically a wide receiver too uh, when healthy. But uh, you know, I'm not optimistic he's going to play this week for sure. Maybe a week, another week or two, uh, and then yeah, Gibson this uh, midweek downgrade. We'll just see what he does today. Uh, but Brian Robinson would get a pretty big bump if uh, if Gibson can't play.
0: All right, moving on. We've got our Sleeper sneaky start of the week. As regular listeners and viewers know, John and I use Sleeper in our uh, in our fantasy league that we play in together. Sleeper's excellent, whether it's the app or it is the web, the, the website, it's, it's, it's great. It's very user-friendly. Obviously, you got to get used to it a little bit at the, at the start, but um, I, I really enjoy using it. I know John does as well. It's, in fact, it's one of the fastest growing customizable fantasy football platforms in the industry. And if you head to sleeper.com, uh, or download the latest app today. You can try it yourself uh, again. Fa- make sure that, and it, it's not just fantasy football, if you, you know, because we're kind of winding down here. Sleeper, the uh, the format covers most sports, so uh, sleeper is outstanding. So, without further ado, the sleeper sneaky start of the week, John.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you noticed, Anthony. I, I finally got myself a tight end, uh, in that in our league. I, I, I saw that out, I went out and got Mark Andrews, so that's a yeah. long term uh fix at the tight end position. I hate You've not been- having a a stud tight end it drives me insane so go
0: ahead you and I I know you and I talk because I had Kyle Pitts and David Njoku and right when you and I started talking is when Njoku got injured so I had to hang on to Pitts and then of course Pitts got hurt so the tight end position is just a black hole in fantasy it really is yeah
1: it is and you if you can have a stud there it's it's gonna help so uh, that should help me uh AJ Dillon is my sleeper sneaky start of the week uh kind of an up and down season for him uh, but you know you look at what he did last week uh, against the um, the Eagles uh, they got the running game going um, he had eight carries 64 yards touchdown three catches for 24 yards on four targets which was you know his third highest tied for third highest uh, target share number of targets uh, uh, this season I um, still playing about the same amount of snaps but the reason that I I like him this week. is the is uh, the matchup against the Bears are one of the worst uh, in the league in uh, against the run. Um, they've been giving up an average of 146 total yards, 1. 1.6 touchdowns to the running back position uh, in the last five games. So it's it's bad out there for Bears. You know, Bears fans who like you know good run defense. It's not happening. So this might be a little bit of a shootout too. Uh, Justin Fields will be back. Um, but uh, I do think that the, the Packers will try to you know run a- Aaron Jones and AJ. Dillon quite a bit and get, you know he's, he's been getting his uh, you know 10 to 15 touches per game, and uh, in this sort of matchup, I think he's probably good for 60, 70 yards and maybe a touchdown.
0: All right, my favorite, uh, my favorite time of the podcast, time to go over John's sneaky starts. If you head to 4 for from4.com you'll see all of John's sneaky starts for week 13. He doesn't just list the, the three names that we're going to talk about today. Several options at quarterback, several several options at running back, wide receiver, and tight end, respectively. Uh, but for the podcast, we like to give everybody a little bit of a tease. So Jimmy Garoppolo's got a, an excellent matchup against Miami. I know, John, you're going to kind of break down where Miami has ranked against quarterbacks. I would also, I'm just going to add right right off the start with the way that the Dolphins like to run their offense, and it's up tempo, and they they do you know they do score, and they they tend to score quickly. That defense is on the field a lot. So, uh, John. Again, without further ado,
1: why do you like Jimmy G this week? Yeah, this this is an interesting game. And, and sneaky starts in general is just players I want uh, managers and our subscribers to be thinking about when they're making their lineup decisions. Because these guys uh, tend to be ranked a little bit higher due to injury or to the schedule. Uh, and this is a case where I think Graplo is a good start. He doesn't offer anything really as a runner. He gets the occasional rush touchdown. but you know, Miami um, really can put up some points. So the, the, the big question mark I have here is the 49ers D, are they able to contain uh, the Dolphins at all? And if they aren't, this could be a shootout because the, the 49ers do have the firepower uh, to throw and to to score a lot of points against the Dolphins if they are ha- if they have to. So it kind of comes down to Tua a little bit in, the, in that passing game. But, um, you know, his he's delivered uh, at least 15 ni- 15.9 fantasy points in uh, the six previous games other than that game last uh, week against the Saints. So that was kind of a dud last week against the Saints, but that you know I think as I said Miami's going to put up more points than the <laughs> than uh, New Orleans did, which was a goose egg, right? They got shut out. And then you if you look at Miami, uh they've given up uh you know good to to great games against a, a bunch of decent quarterbacks in the last couple months, who uh, at 16.5, Justin Fields obviously is Better than decent in in fantasy. He had forty two point seven. Jared Goff had seventeen point six fantasy points, and Kirk Cousins had sixteen point five against the Dolphins. So, you know, I think you are looking in that range of maybe fifteen to eighteen points for for Garoppolo. But I think there is a little bit of upside there if he has to, you know, throw for three hundred and, and maybe get three touchdowns.
0: And then the wide receiver, one of the wide receivers that you like, like this week is somebody that. Had an excellent game last Sunday, and the Jaguars come from behind victory against the Ravens. It's Zay Jones, who's got an excellent matchup with Detroit.
1: Yeah, I'm always picking on the Lions in matchups as well. Uh, and Zay Jones is never comfortable to start. Like, it, you you think you can trust him, and then the next thing you know, he gives you a, a three for 18 or something. But he's really, I mean, 24 targets in the last two games. It's hard to ignore that sort of usage. It does seem like he has a really nice rapport with uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Detroit is 27th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to receivers. They've given up the fifth most receptions and the third most yards to the position this year. So, you know, obviously, I like uh, Christian Kirk, but I think Zay Jones is is also a good a good start this week. He's had uh, you know those 24 targets he's had in the last two games. He's got 19 catches for 213 yards in that span. So, you know, a good chance, especially for a PPR game, a, good, a solid PPR game for uh, Zay Jones. And then finally,
0: from the tight end position, we're looking at Tyler Conklin, and I, I feel like he's he could be a sneaky start each and every week. Nobody really thinks about him, and every once in a while, he kind of pops off, and he had a two-touchdown game, I think, against the Patriots, maybe, but Tyler Conklin, a good matchup against Minnesota.
1: Yeah, I was looking at my list, and I was going to pick Cole Komet. Uh I think he's kind of an obvious start now with uh, Dar- Darnell Mooney out, but but Conklin, I, the reason I wanted to highlight him is this is a revenge game, an old team theorem game, uh, playing against his old team. Uh, the Vikings are 25th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to uh, tight ends. Uh, we've got MVP candidate Mike White under center now, so this whole passing attack is a lot better uh, than it was with Zach Wilson uh, earlier in the year. And the Vikings have been a little bit spotty. I mean, you know, they contained Dalton Schultz, which was pretty impressive three for 22, but Hunter Henry had three for 63 and a touchdown uh Dawson Knox had 4 for 57 uh Zach Ertz had 4 for 34 and a touchdown Mike Gesicki had 6 for 69 and two touchdowns uh all since week 6 uh against the Vikings um and then you look at Conklin his usage wasn't that much higher with White but he did have his best yardage game since week 8 with 50 yards uh against uh was it the Giants no who the who the Jets play the, That's the Bears yeah, oh, bears. Yeah, bears, yeah. So he had 50 yards against the bears, but his targets, he had three targets. So it's not, you know, Mike White isn't known for peppering his tight ends with targets. It's usually running backs. Or he really likes Garrett Wilson as well, but there's going to be an opportunity here for Conklin to score a touchdown, I think, because they'll draw something up for him against his old team. All right. And then we wrap up today's podcast
0: with a look at the breakout receiver model. This is also available at 444.com um The, the, the raw stats are posted, but then we also provide a deeper look who might pop in in this week specifically, because as John has noted in previous podcasts, the, the, the model doesn't, you know, doesn't know if a player's hurt or, uh, you know, stuff like that. It's just looking at the stats and see who could have potentially a, a score, a big scoring week for uh, that particular week, but who's popping this week in the breakout receiver model.
1: Yeah. I like to highlight the, the, I like the exciting names that pop in the model because when the exciting names pop up, they usually end up uh, having a good, uh, a good game. Uh, J- Jalen Waddle is at the top of the model this week. He's had kind of a quiet spell. He's gotten quite a bit of usage, but uh, hasn't found. I don't think he's found the end zone in a bit, but or had a big yardage game. So uh, he's his expected fantasy points over the last three weeks, thirteen point three. His actual fantasy points, nine point eight. That's half PPR. Uh, He's got an efficient P10 of efficiency of 152%. So typically does very well with his his workload and his targets. And maybe he's regressing a little bit, but we also expect him to regress to his mean, which is higher than 100%. Uh, So I like Waddle uh, against the 49ers. Uh, Mark Andrews uh, is number two in the model. So anytime Mark Andrews pops, I like to talk about him. 12.4 expected, 8.2 actual. Uh, he should, uh, you know, find the end zone soon. Terry McLaurin and Mike Evans have been, uh, popping in the model for a couple of three weeks now. And it's getting a little old, uh, because they're not, you know, blowing up with big games, but they're, they're due. Uh, I did see a stat where, uh, McLaurin, uh, does very well against cover, uh, zero, cover one, uh, defense. And I believe the, uh, the Giants play the most of that in the league. So this is a good setup for McLaurin to finally break through. He does, he does produce more with Taylor Heineke, but Taylor Heineke is not like a consistently great quarterback or anything like that. So he will get, he will pepper uh, McLaurin with targets. So that's, that's, you know, kind of the first thing you're asking for. And then Mike Evans, of course, just, uh, just can't get on the same page with Tom, uh, Tom Brady. Um, But he's still seeing targets and should, uh, you know eventually uh, break through and get a touchdown. The other player I want to mention was Alan Lazard, who's kind of, you know, Christian Watson's having a you know, in that keeper league, I cut Christian Watson before this oh, no. breakout. Yeah, I did. I uh, right he got injured again and then I cut him. I don't think he, he wasn't I doing anything. So it's not yeah it was, it's not a total shock. And I should have helped I should have kept him though. The receivers are gold in that league. Uh, but um I didn't draft him. I picked him up Somewhere midseason, and then cut him again. And just there was a there was a period there. It just didn't seem like it was going to happen this year for him. But obviously it is. Uh, but I do think that the Christian Watson thing will offer some opportunities to Alan Lazard, who is in the model as well. Um, he's uh, expected eight point seven. He's he's provided five point nine uh, fantasy points, and he's got a P ten efficiency of one hundred twenty two percent. So typically does uh, very well with his usage. And um, you know, Rogers will continue to look his way it might be it is it is a little bit scary now starting him because of what well, he was that consistent uh option and now watson has kind of taken over and is just exploding uh, but i think at some point they're gonna the, the defenses are gonna shift over to watson have to deal with him and that'll help lazard
0: all right, that'll do it for this week's The Most Accurate Podcast. Uh, you can follow John on Twitter at 444 underscore John. If you're so inclined, you can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter. Make sure you check out 444.com uh, for the latest information, news, breakdowns, John's rankings for week 13. We've got not only season-long fantasy advice and knowledge, but we also do DFS and betting as well. So make sure if you haven't yet, picked up pick up a subscription to 444.com. We're running deals all the time throughout the course of the final uh, month plus of the season so anybody that's kind of been on the fence before can can check out the uh the great content that com delivers but we appreciate you watching we appreciate you listening and we'll be back next friday in the most accurate podcast with john paulson i'm anthony Stultz. good luck this week